Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, March the 1st. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the latest from the legislature, a new proposal for redistricting, and Little Rock police matters. Okay. Joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Oh. So there were uh, a couple of just really terrible uh, abort pieces of abortion legislation that that uh, were considered by the legislature this week. With little debate, the House approved a, a bill by... Republican Representative Robin Lundstrom, with Jason Rapert, of course, co-sponsoring to ban all abortions at 18 weeks of gestation or later. Well, this is more cookie-cutter legislation that's coming out of the the national anti-abortion groups that are trying to find a case, a new law, that will give the Supreme Court a reason to reverse the Roe v. Wade precedent that says that states can't ban abortion before the time of fetal viability, which is, is oh, 23, 22 weeks, something like that. 18-week uh, abortion bans have failed in other states. 20-week abortion bans have failed in other states. A 12-week ban failed in our state previously, but still they go on. The The, the thing that's lost in this, this is just an an outright attempt to create a new court case that perhaps will be the magic one. And in the Eighth Circuit, as conservative as the Eighth Circuit is, who knows, that will end a reversal of Roe v. Wade. But what you need to know about this, and it gets lost in the debate, and nobody bothers to debate these bills anymore because the Arkansas legislature is so resolutely anti-abortion, is that an 18-week ban would affect, based on past years' experience, maybe 75 abortions a year in Arkansas. It would stop those. And and I can't testify this absolutely, but I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that all 75 of those abortions are not are not abortions of convenience. They're about sick women or, or, or fatally deformed fetuses that have been learned about late in pregnancy. And so, and there are no exceptions for those conditions in this ban. This, this is this is a mean and terrible bill that will limit medical rights of women in in very desperate circumstances. Uh, I mean, I, I I do understand that there are people, as a matter of religious faith, that believe abortion should be prevented from the moment an egg meets a sperm until delivery, no matter how terribly malformed a fetus is, but I, I don't happen to hold that view. Uh, the, yesterday, the Senate voted 29 to 6 to pass an, another anti-abortion <clears throat> piece of legislation. This one just based entirely on junk science. <laughs> the, this nut. one, yeah, if, if it weren't so deadly serious, you'd want to laugh. This is Missy Irvin who brings her scientific knowledge for the fact that she's married to a doctor and is promoting something that is just absolute junk science. There, There is a theory, and you can find some people who believe in it, but you can't find any medical evidence that it's so, that, that the two-pill regimen that is prescribed to end abortion in the very first weeks of pregnancy, there, there's a theory that if you don't take the second pill, it could reverse so-called the abortion. Well, there's there's no no evidence that this is... A reliable thing to do. There's there's no evidence it's particularly safe to do. And here's the thing: ninety nine point nine percent of women who've made the difficult decision that they want to end a pregnancy, particularly in the very early stages, 
long before their significant fetal development, know their mind. This this is just this is just a means of injecting some more scare tactics into the process to require a doctor to tell a woman this before administering the legislation. This is in line with the tell them about a fetal heartbeat and tell them about the stage of development. And what all the research shows is that invariably people who've made the decision to go to the doctor are going to go ahead and do it anyway. This All this does is add grief to the procedure. It's more meanness. It's more grief for women. It doesn't accomplish what it sets out to do, and it's not scientifically indicated. But the worst part of it, of course, is the legislation says why women can just go to the Internet and look up uh, abortion reversal and see what we mean. Well, yeah, the the right-wing anti-abortion groups have filled Google with abortion reversal. That's what you do when you want to propound some ideological line of view is you just cram the internet full of your baloney and it'll you'll you can hit it up on a on a search i want to create some website the idiotic arkansas legislature and invite people to google that sometime i yeah i can wrap my head around uh, around certainly republicans but but even some democrats being print having you know a principled objection to abortion voting against, voting for something like the 18-week. But there were a lot of Democrats who voted for this. Two, two, or, th- two or three. Uh, or, well, well it was, there, there weren't their Stephanie six. Stephanie Flowers voted for it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's what they do. I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know why she did. I, I, can't, I can't tell you. I mean, this is junk science, and it's stupid, and, and it's laughable, but... And, 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 and like I say, I, I, I understand and, and respect a belief as a matter of faith on this issue, and, and that's not arguable. I mean, that's how you believe, and, and I wouldn't begin to argue with somebody on that. But, uh, I mean, this kind of stuff, th- this is just an obstacle, that's all. Uh, there was a legislative hearing late this week. <laughs> Uh, about improving access to birth control. This was a rare good bill by my lights. Uh, but it exposed many abortion foes, how they think Well, about- it was awful and wonderful at the same time. Because, oddly enough, a, a quote, pro-life, unquote, legislator, Aaron Pilkington, for whatever reason, says he wants to do something about teen pregnancy, so he wants there to be... Re- better availability of birth control, which means letting pharmacists provide birth control pills without a prescription. They've got to go through some training so they can warn about potential side effects and what have you. And 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 the the opposition really wasn't, oh, that there was some lip service toward a pharmacist qualified to do this and what have you. But it was really an opposition to providing birth control. And the Family Council, which is a leading opponent of abortion in Arkansas, sent out Sharice Dean, who I'm sorry to say is a member of the State Board of Education as well, and was, was forced by Representative Deborah Ferguson to tell the truth. And it had also been revealed the day before by a legislative alert they'd sent. They're just against birth control pills because, speaking of junk science, they argue that they can cause the abortion of a human life. That is, they claim... and. In, without getting into the into the science of it, they do claim that the minute a sperm meets an egg, but before it implants in the womb, which is when pregnancy really begins, it can somehow interfere with implantation and therefore is an abortion. 
I'm just not in the group. I, I know there's some that believe this, that, that a microscopic egg meeting a microscopic sperm an hour after it happens as a human being, but but at least they admitted that. And, and I think the, the sad thing is, and the thing that people ought to get worried about is, is we already know contraception is on in the target. They've, they've attacked mandated birth control pill coverage in, in Obamacare. They have set out to destroy family planning programs in the government that don't provide abortions, that provide birth control pills and, and long-lasting contraceptives. I mean, the deal about it is, is they have a very simple view is, is sex is for procreation. And if you have it, you better pay the penalty by God. Uh, Representative Pilkington has uh, been willing to put himself on the fat middle of several controversial topics. He, of course, was behind the stand your ground legislation. And he introduced this week promised legislation to alter brand new Amendment 100 to move one of the newly authorized casinos from Pope to Johnson County. Yeah, Pope County is, has indicated it's not happy about having a casino, so he says, well, let's put it in Johnson County, which says they'd like to have it. This means amending the Constitution. It's not, it's not clear whether you can legally do this as a legislative body on this particular amendment. If you can do it, it means you can amend anything in the Constitution that's an amendment approved by the people, and that just opens up a, va- a box full of Pandoras, as Frank White once said. And interestingly enough, I was a little bit surprised, uh, but uh, he couldn't get that bill out of committee this week in the House Rules Committee, so that he may not be successful. A lot of things going on on casinos. I, I don't think the Cherokee tribe has given up on persuading people in Polk County of the of the advantages of having a casino there. I think it's going to take longer there than in Jefferson County, but that that issue isn't over with yet. I do think, I mean, I think there's some politicians like Breanne Davis who's been sort of fighting for a change in the Constitution to make sure that there could be a vote before Polk County had a, had a casino. I think there are plenty of people in Polk County that have been positioned as somewhat as opponents, aren't really opponents, they just want to be sure that there's a vote first, that they can say, because that's how Arkansas politicians dodge the bullet. That's how Ace is going to pass most of his highway plan and say, well, I didn't really raise your taxes. I asked the people and they voted for it, so it's okay. Well, we, you know, we just don't do government always by plebiscite. I mean, sometimes as bad as Arkansas legislature is, I, I wish we would, but we elect them to make decisions. Let them make the decisions. Well, uh, sort of the inverse of that, there was more pushback of medical marijuana, uh, <laughs> which was approved by voters, of course. Uh, Cecile, Cecile Bledsoe, uh, senator and mother of the state surgeon general, uh, introduced two bills this week. Yeah, she wants to make it illegal to sell marijuana in edible or drinkable form, which happens to be the easiest and best way to deliver it, uh, as opposed to smoking it. And, uh, oh, what was it? What, what's her other terrible idea? Uh, advertising. advertising. Make advertising of marijuana services illegal. We kind of have a self-interest in that, or at least we hope we do, I guess, someday. Uh, these are both about suppressing its use and suppressing people's knowledge about where to get it. Uh, she is tight in with the Hutchinson clan, and the governor 
opposes marijuana and the governor lined up with his drug czar, Kirk Lane, and with Greg Bledsoe, her son, the Surgeon General, and they put out this crazy warning about the dangers of marijuana. Uh, the, the governor has discouraged people from going to Oklahoma to get marijuana. He opposed the marijuana amendment. I mean, I think this is just a rear guard action to continue to to try and make it as unsuccessful as possible. Uh, at some point, there's an awful powerful popular sentiment in favor of medical marijuana, not to mention marijuana in general. And you would hope that somewhere along the line that, that there'd be some some backlash to them on this, but they apparently are going to forge ahead. I I want to propose a surtax on Bledsoe's and Hutchinson's. I mean, <laughs> you got Cecile Bledsoe and Greg Bledsoe, and her husband's got a $200,000 a year state job, and you got Hutchinson's and their kin, the Andrews, all over the place together, maybe, I don't know, a couple of million dollars of taxpayer money flowing to them to try and subvert the will of the people. I say let's put a surtax on them. There was a lot of competition, but perhaps the lowest moment of the week in the legislature came in a committee hearing on Representative Charles Blake's uh, bill to uh, change the meaning of one of the stars in the state flag, uh, which now represents the Confederacy, and uh, uh, Blake would have changed it to uh, commemorate Indian tribes. You know, I have to admit something here. I thought this bill was kind of dumb. I mean, I, because it didn't accomplish much. And we just changed some words. In it. But after watching the hearing, I realized how wrong I was. I mean, there, symbols, do, as Charles Blake said, symbols do matter. And, and to the extent we can express in state law that we stand for a better thing, that's always a good thing. And, and what it took was some testimony from the usual lost cause defenders, the kind of guys who say this was a war for Southern independence. Still, 150 years after they lost, they, him, his ancestors, my ancestors lost a war to preserve slavery, we're still calling it some battle for freedom. It's unbelievable. I mean, what what we what the committee did was reject a bill to remove a symbol of slavery from the flag. They protected a symbol of slavery, a symbol that was added in nineteen. And it was added in nineteen twenty four at a time when white supremacy was running high. That's all the Confederate flag idolatry and Confederate monuments arose as a backlash to 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 civil rights for black people in the 20th century. That's, it's not about history. It never was. And, and that, that part is bad enough. But then you had crazy stuff like Jack Ladyman of Jonesboro saying he didn't want to put on anything about Indians because they fought us was how he put it. The Indians fought us. We we fought the unions too, but you know the Indians were here first. I don't know, I don't know if Representative Ladyman knows that or not, but that is an inconvenient fact to his theory that they're somehow the bad guys in this. It was it was depressing. And what what was you know that? And speaking of of legislators bellying up, I think there were five votes for the bill and eight against, and they needed eleven to get it out of committee. But something like eight or nine Republicans, Andy Davis of Little Rock for one, looking at you, Andy, took a walk. Uh, they were not they were not able to be present when the vote was cast. And that's pretty, I mean, that's it's pretty, shameful. Ca- it's shameful, it's cowardly. Uh, we should give props, though, to Representative Jimmy Gasway, who gave a, <clears throat> a, you know, strong speech in favor of the bill and voted for it. Well, the people who spoke for it, they were reasonable, they were calm, they were not 
they were they played within themselves, as the coaches always used to like to say in the post-game show, and were moving. Charles Blake was great. Nicole Clowney was great. Megan Godfrey was great. But Jimmy Gasway, who's a Republican from Paragould, and, and I don't think wins himself any points by doing this, which is all the more reason to single out what he said, made exactly in a short, brief, and eloquent speech the point, which is there are people, hundreds of thousands of people in Arkansas who are descendants of slaves, and that symbolism means a great deal to them, and we owe it to them and to a respect for what history. He said this doesn't rewrite history. It addresses a very real and very embarrassing history, and and I thought he just did a great job. All right, well, let's move on, but not too far. Attorney General Leslie Rutledge approved a second idea for redistricting redistricting congressional and legislative districts. Well, this has a long way to go, but it could be very interesting. David Couch in in October, the, the liberal king of petition drives uh, got approval for a form of a of a new method of of redrawing legislative and congressional districts every 10 years after the census modeled after a model uh, some forms used in a couple of other states and it's a nonpartisan commission as much as you could possibly do you have seven members two are appointed from each of the major parties and those four have to get together on three nonpartisan members people who've never held public office people who can be held up to be independent-minded people, and you have to have an agreement on the four for those people. So you have a pretty good chance of having truly a, a, a bipartisan commission drawing district lines. In some other states where this has been done, they've produced more realistic districts, less gerrymandering, less funny-looking districts that are carved around to, to tailor to different constituencies. So that's a good idea, and he has uh, ties to some liberal hedge funders that have put a bunch of money into nonprofits that are interested in progressive government and has a chance of having a lot of money behind a campaign to get the petitions circulated and get the measure on the ballot. Well, this week another petition drive uh, popped up. It was filed by Nate Steele, a former Democratic legislator who won't say who he's working for, but pointed me to a fellow lobbyist he works with who happens to be a former Republican congressional staffer who wouldn't say who she's working for either, but said that this is a response to drives like David Couch's, which they think the the, the drive against gerrymandering is really just to put a bunch of liberals in office. In other words, she's coming, if not from the Republican Party, from the Kochs or a similar conservative point of view and and it's not just locally backed i would guess it has national tentacles that that will is going out to beat efforts to undo gerrymandered districts that help republicans now, i have to say in the interest of fairness that our current districts were drawn by a democratically controlled arkansas legislature so you know and a democratically controlled state uh, board of apportionment for the, for the legislative seats and it just so happened it was right on the cusp of the great turnover in Arkansas politics and Democrats didn't do a very good job of it. They did some favors for some people they shouldn't have helped and ended up biting them in the butt. And so there's all that. But but generally speaking, in any event, the the alternative proposal, by the way, would be controlled by current Republican office holders, by the the House Speaker, the Senate President, the Senate majority leader, the House Majority Leader, all Republicans. There'd be two token uh, minority people on it, but they'd be outvoted five to two. Republicans would would call the shots both on the legislature and on Congress. So, 
that's potentially the battle, uh, but is, and they're both approved as to form, but the current legislature is also fiddling with the rules on how you qualify for the ballot. It's going to be even harder to circulate the petitions, very expensive, and so we don't know if they'll make it in 2020 or not, but uh, if they do, it will be just in time to have the people versus the money petition battle, and uh, it'll be right before the time when the decisions will be made on redistricting, so in 2021, so that could be a could be a good one for the future to, to watch. Okay, let's quickly uh, round up a few uh, fairly momentous things happening in Little Rock regarding the police. So last weekend, uh, Little Rock police officer shot a black man uh, in the course of a traffic stop. Um, the the mayor held a press conference the next day, um, promised that it would be you know thoroughly investigated. And then the the officer was was relieved of duty uh, in the investigation. A small but significant change. Right. He was put on administrative leave after the shooting, which is standard, which means you still get paid, but you don't have to go to work. But then several days later, he was relieved of duty. He had to turn in his badge and his gun. And, and that's, that is another, nobody would say why. Uh, it certainly leads to suspicion that the initial review of the the car's video camera may have raised at least some questions about how much he was threatened by movement of the car he'd stopped, which led to his opening fire on it. But we don't know that. Video hadn't been released. Hasn't been released. The mayor said he wants to release it as soon as possible. I don't see, you know, I happen to think there is no justification under the ongoing investigation rule to withhold video testimony. It is what it is to borrow a cliche it won't affect the investigation one way or another to have it released i mean that's that's a known fact that isn't going to be altered by its release sometimes you withhold key evidence because you don't want to let a suspect know that you have the murder weapon let us say but the video is there it exists and and i, I think the people ought to see it there was a shooting in north little rock where it was released pretty quickly and it kind of put put concerns to rest after it was released. And I, I think perhaps that could be the case here. It could be that perhaps that the cases that the video is ambiguous and doesn't resolve anything, but that's not a justification not to release it. It's going to have to come out sometime sooner rather than later. But, uh, you know, we, we, there has been at least some look now. I mean, this is an officer who's had some disciplinary problems in the past has a short temper based on one account of a fight he got in at a movie theater when he wasn't on duty. Uh, I always want to say that it's it's not smart to judge an officer who's out in public alone as he was at that time and feels threatened, but, you know, just what happened to make him feel threatened? I mean, those all go into the judgment issue, and it's fair for people to have a full accounting of it and maybe... At a minimum, I think Frank Scott's energetic positioning of himself in the midst of this puts the police somewhat more on notice than than perhaps has been the case in the past. That to say that there'll be a full and fair investigation as he did, well, you you want to say, well, yeah, duh, aren't they all? Well, no, they're not, and haven't been in Little Rock. And I think with a, a black mayor who's who's spoken of his own experience 
in the neighborhood experience with police maybe adds some weight to maybe really having a full and fair investigation. So that's that's a good thing. There was a press conference on Tuesday afternoon. Civil rights attorneys Ben Crump and Mike Lowe shared an LRPD memorandum from a 2014 drug raid, uh, which included uh, the following language. It is a mandate from the Office of the Chief of Police that the SWAT team execute all search warrants. Uh, so if... You know, and that was, and we we still don't know because they won't say if that is, if that was just a rogue memo and he was, the sergeant who wrote it was misinformed, or if it is true that it is standard operating procedure that all drug search warrants are issued by, or, or, or served by SWAT teams. That's a total militarization of the police. And sometimes these are people who've been accused of selling some marijuana. I mean, it's... You don't understand. I mean, there are ways to arrest people without busting their doors down and in and, and battle gear and with with semi-automatic weapons, you know. And and we've had some some terrible circumstances using these tactics in the past. So we don't know. I mean, I think. I mean, we had one candidate for police chief last week from Los Angeles saying he didn't think, as a matter of course, that was a good idea using these type of no-knock searches. Uh, but. We we also learned perhaps last night that when Hayward Finks had his meeting, public meeting, there were some protesters who said during the 30 days he was interim chief, they had eight no-knock warrants served. I mean, they, if those if that allegation is correct, this practice has continued on, which suggests maybe this is what they do in the Little Rock Police, and that just it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense, and and. But it also is time to take a look at our at our district judges as well. Are they just, I mean, I do think there's a serious question about whether the courts are just too readily issuing these expansive kind of warrants. Just on if the police say, hey, we need one, it's okay by me. Go at it, boys. Knock the doors down. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think, and, and I'm going to say something here that I don't know the truth to be, but when I see a white Little Rock police officer interact on the streets with a black suspect, or when I see that most drug raids involve black suspects, and there's a feeling that you have to use extraordinarily heavily armed forces to do these raids, to me that speaks of a view of black people that that makes you think of the word racism, you know? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the two forums for police chief candidates. Um, we had two this week. There'll be two next week. Any other takeaways from those? Well, uh, Hayward Finks kind of danced around his uh, role in community policing by random traffic stops. And he actually did a better job, I thought, explaining himself last night than I thought he might be able to. But but I thought he made an obvious outreach to the mayor by saying he favored this hundred person increase in the police force, which, well, why not a thousand? I mean, we can't afford a hundred. So why, so why not 2000 more cops? I don't don't know, but he also went down the line with, with saying things the police force wants to want to hear, which he doesn't want to require residency. And, and he wants, he wants it more to, for people to want to be here. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's the reasonable view. And I, and I, and, and realistically, I don't think a residency requirement will work, but, but I sure wish more lived here than do.
All right, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Well, I, I want to endorse the Arkansas Repertory Theater, which is uh, reopened for a new, shorter season. And I went to see Chicago last night, which is a war horse of a popular musical. And they did great ticket sales, and it's a good show. Good good singing, good dancing, good production values. And even though the, the there was a sub for one of the lead singers because of a, a fall or something happened to her, Still great, uh, and and it was a good show and enjoyable, and and I recommend for the days left for Chicago to go see it. But you got to support the rep. I mean, I, I endorse the rep wholeheartedly. I, it's one of the places where I give charity money because I think it's just been a bedrock aesthetic attraction in this city, and it's a kind of thing that. You know, while we're passing laws endorsing slavery and 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 punishing poor people, having a good theater company is something that people might see and might say hey that's a that's a town worth worth living in all right i'm gonna do a little bit of log rolling uh tonight friday march 1st at revolution in the river market we are having the finals of the arkansas times musician showcase doors open at eight i don't know what the ticket price is but it's not much so so come hang out with us and support local music uh, check out the new issue of the Arkansas Times. It is on newsstands now. Jam-packed. Or you can subscribe to it um, if you if you don't live in central Arkansas and can't pick one up for free. I think it's $60. You can find out uh, info at arctimes.com or just write Anitra, A-N-I-T-R-A, at arktimes.com, and she can get you squared away. And finally, I attend St. Michael's Episcopal Church, and we always have a float in the Soma Mardi Gras Parade, which is happening tomorrow oh. at noon, and our float is always the best, so come what's support the, us. What's the theme? Can you reveal it? Uh, I can. Well, So I should know this, but the, the, the motto or slogan at St. Michael's has to do with battling the dragons of inequities or something like that, and so it always is is somehow dragon-themed. Dragon-slaying. And so this year, it's uh, a do you castle. Kill, do you kill dragons or just kind of... We, we may kill some with, dragons. With kindness. So yeah. it's this year, it's a castle is the main part of the float, and we we have battlements and a, a uh, what do you call it, like the tower for the castle. So the people, turrets, will be, yeah. people will be up there. And then we have some some smaller dragons that are on wheels that will be trying to attack the castle. I Is may, there a damsel in distress? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Lots of children in candy. I may go home and whip up some uh, some weapons to fire the candy, the trebuchet, or <laughs> maybe a candy slingshot. Sounds good. So check all that out. Thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcasting source, and we'll be back. See ya.